I want to welcome you back to the Enduring Churches podcast. Alan here today. So glad to be with you today. You know, last week we had a pre-recorded episode. We wanted to refresh something, take a week off. And we came back together and Trent was sick and was unable to get his voice uh, to a point where we could podcast this week. And so we're kind of stuck with me today. So I hope that's all right. We miss Trent. Trent gets feeling better. We look forward to having you back because it's really not the Enduring Churches podcast without you. But I wanted to talk to you today about something that I was asked this week. Um, A young man came to me. He's been doing some speaking with some students in church, and he says, "Um, how do I know that I'm finding my voice when I'm speaking to others? And I thought, man, that is such a good question. It's a conversation I've had with others over time. It's something that I've thought about in my own life. So let me tell you a story about finding your voice. Several years ago, we had gone to the pet store, and I brought home a little Jack Russell Terrier. He was a timid little guy. He'd been in the pet store a long time, and when we brought him home, he didn't make a sound. And for the first several weeks, we thought that maybe something was wrong with the dog and that he he couldn't make a sound. Well, we went away one weekend, and left him with our neighbors who had two dogs. And the second day after we had left, we got a phone call from our neighbors who said, we just want you to know that your dog found his voice. And apparently he had learned how to use it. And we all sometimes struggle when we're doing something new to find our voice. So how do you know when you have found your own voice in preaching. Well, that's what I want to talk to you a little bit about today. How do you find your voice when you're preaching? For me, you know, I felt like it was probably 15 plus years into preaching before I really figured out who it was that I am when I'm preaching. And I've talked with other people who have said it it took them several years to figure out who they are as a preacher. And so I want to talk to you about that. How do you find your voice? Well, that can be a real challenge because we have so many ways that we're expected to do things. When you go to a class, whether that's seminary that's teaching you how to preach or in a speech class teaching you how to speak, it can be very easy to get caught up in all these voices and to think that you have to be like someone else. But the truth is that you have to be authentic and you have to be true to who God has made you to be and who he's called you to be. So to do that, there's some things that I want to encourage you to think about that will help you discover your own voice. Now, when we're talking about voice, maybe some of the things we're talking about, it's the cadence, it's how you speak, it's the the rate at which you speak, it's your mannerisms when you're when you're speaking are you someone that needs to move around are you someone who does better when you're staying stationary there's no right or wrong way to all of that you know some guys will get bent out of shape over an argument of should you have a podium or not that the podium is somehow a special place some people prefer a table some people prefer prefer none of those things some people prefer to hold a bible some people prefer to have an ipad there are different ways to go about it how do you find your own way, your own voice, the mannerisms, the, the methods that you use, the emotions that you demonstrate, your inflections? All of those things are a part of 
who you are and how you have to find your voice. So the first part of that is you do need to listen to, to many voices to find your own voice. Today, we can listen to more voices than we've ever listened to before. And that used to be a harder years ago. When I was first starting out, um, there were a couple of preachers that I listened to on the radio a lot that I really admired. I listened to uh, Charles Swindoll and I listened to Dr. Tony Evans. And I learned a lot listening to those two gentlemen preach. If you take those two voices and then you add to it the the church that I grew up in that had a pastor who was very evangelistic, very good preaching evangelistically and with passion. And, and we saw people make decisions often. And I was blessed to, to learn under a pastor who preached that way. When I was in college, I learned from a pastor who was more laid back and more of a teacher and an instructor. And I learned some things that I hadn't picked up on before. There was also a pastor who had one point in time had even been my youth pastor. And he could tell a story and he could really engage the audience. And I probably learned the most from watching him and from being around him. We learn from all these voices that we've heard over time. And they become a part, maybe a voice inside your head that tells you how to do things. But it's not always easy to find someone that you resonate with, someone that you connect with, and you, th you think that, hey, this, they have something to say that adds value inside of me as I share that. You know, when I was in seminary, there, were, there was a prominent preacher that many of the guys couldn't wait to hear his televised broadcasts on Sunday nights. And I never connected. It's just not a, a pastor or speaker that I resonated with. But many of my friends didn't like Dr. John Maxwell, and I did. I connected with him. I liked how he spoke. I liked that he had fill-in-the-blanks, that there was this logical structure and progression from point to point and place to place. And I connected with that. I thought that that was something that added value to me. So listening to voices helps you realize that there's a lot of different ways to do things and that there's things that you can do help find out who you are. Now here's the problem. When you listen to many voices, sometimes you try to copy them. And the truth is, I wasn't, I wasn't Charles Swindoll. The truth is, I wasn't Tony Evans. I wasn't John Maxwell. I wasn't my pastor growing up. I had to learn to be me. We don't want to copy someone else. We don't even want to copy their style. But we do want to listen to many voices because there are different things we say. That's kind of how I do it. A few years ago, I was listening to a sermon by Dr. James Merritt, and I thought, you know, he has kind of a fatherly type approach to preaching. And that fatherly approach was something that resonated with me because I tend to be more of a nurturer. I like to, I like to have that fatherly mentality with my congregation when, when I'm preaching to them. And so I, I could resonate with that. So we find things that connect us to other speakers. And so that can be positive because those things can help us say, hey, I identify with that. I can understand that. I like to do that. I like the progression of John Maxwell's fill-in-the-blank type thing. I like how Charles Swindoll would see a sermon and put that sermon together. And so it's important for us 
to understand that and get that. The second part, you know, after you've listened to many voices, you also want to use your voice a lot. The only way to get better and to understand who you are is to get out there and do it. You know, when I was in college, I had to take a speech class. If you heard me in speech class, you never, ever in a million years would have seen me in the role of pastor. I have no idea why God called me to this ministry. Um, he obviously skipped out on my speech class. I wasn't very good. I didn't know who I was. I was speaking to get a grade. I wasn't speaking under conviction and of a calling. And really the only way we get better at something is to practice it and to learn from it and to grow from it and to get better. You know, I heard someone once say that, it, that practice doesn't make perfect, but perfect practice makes perfect. Well, we're probably never, ever going to be a perfect speaker. I really get nervous sometimes because every sermon I've ever had is pretty much available. Anything I've done over the last 10 years is pretty much available somewhere. And there are times, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. I wish I hadn't said it that way. But the truth is we all make mistakes. But we want to practice. We want to get better at the skill that we're dealing with. So we can do that, but we have to practice it. It takes time. So you don't come out the first time you ever speak and you nail it. You know, I was pretty proud um, when someone came and said, Hey, Alan, your first sermon was 19 minutes and 30 seconds. I'd heard horror stories of people who had gone out and preached their first sermon in five or, or ten minutes because they rushed through everything. I didn't rush through everything. The bad news is it was really easy for me to take a 20-minute sermon and turn it into 45 minutes by rambling and not finishing, and not working on things. So we all have things that we need to do, and we need to work on our sermons. So you need to listen to many voices. You need to use your voice a lot. And here's the, the next part of this, because this is tied really to your practice. You need to develop a feedback loop. If there's one thing I could go back and redo with my preaching, I would get more honest feedback about my preaching. I didn't always want to hear what other people had to say, whether that was my wife, whether that was a friend, whether a deacon, a church leader. I didn't always want to get honest feedback because it's hard. It's painful. It's personal. A sermon is, preaching a sermon is very personal. And so I hesitated to get that feedback because it might hurt to hear what someone else has to say. But it's important for us to get comfortable with the idea that we need honest and open feedback. We need to hear things when we say, well, you know, you're an engaging preacher. I'm drawn in, but you don't conclude your sermons well. We need to know that. We need to hear if we've got great content, but we don't connect with our congregation really well. We need to hear when we have great connection, but our content suffers. We need to get feedback for what we're doing well, what we're not doing well, and how we can improve and become better at the skill in which we are 
known for, which is, in many cases, if you're in ministry, is your preaching and your teaching. Now, the crazy thing about feedback is this. You always want it. You always need it. But the more you get to finding your own voice, the more you develop your own voice, the less you really need the feedback for confirmation's sake, and the more you use it as a launching pad for improvement. Early on, we need the feedback so we can be natural. Later on, we don't need it to be natural. We need it to be better. And so feedback really has a kind of a, a, a two-sided approach to it. It not only can make us find ourselves, it can also make us better. So develop a good feedback loop. Here's, here's the fourth thing. Ask yourself, how are you different when you preach or speak from the normal you? My wife has a funny thing she likes to tell me every now and then. She goes, Alan, I really appreciated your sermon today, but you used your preacher voice at this place. What she means by that is that's when I get unnatural and I start to maybe force or I start to, instead of being me, I reach back to try to become someone else. You know, I was always maybe a little jealous of those guys who had the great big booming voices and just when they spoke it was like lightning was in the room. That's not who I am and I'm not supposed to be. But every now and then I try to get that preacher mentality and so she likes to remind me that I connect best with the congregation when I'm me. And really my method of, of speaking is I'm a connector. I like to look into the eyes of those that I'm speaking to and I like to know by the, by the look in their eyes that I have engaged with the audience, I've connected with them, whether that's through a story, through the content, just through the eye contact, the cadence, the pace, everything that's going on. I need to feel that feedback and see that I know that they're paying attention. You know, a golfer who golfs, they, many golfers like to golf by the feel of the club in their hands. And that's kind of how I like to speak. I like to, to feel what the congregation is feeling. And so when I'm being me, by nature, I like to connect with people. And when I'm being me, that's who I am when I'm speaking. When I'm not doing that when I'm speaking, it comes across as being a little artificial, a little wooden, and a little rigid. So it's important for me to get that feedback to let to, so I'm aware that I'm not doing what I normally do. So the less different you are when you're actually preaching from who you are, the more you're going to find your voice and realize who you are. When I'm preaching, I tend to be pretty laid back. I tend to like to talk to the congregation, and that's who I am. That's how I tend to function best. But here's the most important thing you've got to recognize about how do you find your own voice. You have to know it's going to take time. None of us learns, none of us learns over time, without time, to find our own way, to find our own voice. It takes time to develop your own voice and your own way of doing things. 
you know, most pastors I've talked to, I've actually asked this question of several pastors that I work with. And I said, how long did it take you to find your voice in preaching? And I really think that the quickest I've heard is five years. So think about that. Five years, that's over, in most cases, approaching 200 to 250 sermons for most, for most guys. That's an unbelievable number to think about over 250 times before you figure out who you are. In many cases, it's more than 10 years, so you're pushing four to 500 times of preaching and speaking before you really figure out what your voice is like. That is a lot. It's a lot of work. And then the amazing thing is, is over time, you refine that voice. It voice becomes something it maybe changes a little bit over time as you find a new way of doing things. When I was a younger preacher, even if I was using my natural voice, I had a different mentality because I was, I was just younger. I didn't have as many life experiences. Some things that seem really big then don't seem so big now. So it's a lot easier for me to preach from a different perspective today than it was which has helped me refine my voice in some ways. So it can be hard. You know, it was a really impactful question when a young man asked me, how do I do it? Because I had to think about how do you encourage someone to find their own voice? And so these are just a few of the things that had come to my mind as I was thinking about it this week. You need to listen to many voices. You need to use your voice a lot. You need to develop a feedback loop. Ask yourself, how am I different than I preach from my normal self? Know that it takes time. And those are just a, a few suggestions to help you find it along the way. I know it's not the same when Trent's not here. I'd love to hear what he has to say on this subject. Maybe sometime we'll revisit this and we'll get his input added in on this today. But we wanted to give you something new and, and something fresh today. Um, hopefully Trent says he's on the mend and we'll be recording this week and we'll be back with you um, with an episode of the Enduring Churches with Alan and Trent, which is the way we like for it to be. But today I hope you help that this helps you find your voice and we look forward to catching you on our next episode.